plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hey everybody, Jason Mark Campbell here and welcome back to a Selling with Love episode where I'm going to share with you a three-step system that you can connect with anyone via email. I'll share you what those three emails are, how to structure them, and I'll even include one of the ways that I filter the types of emails that I receive and the types of people I want to bring on my show so I decide who I respond to and you can use this as ways that you can level up yourself to get more responses yourself while you're using this system. So if you have an email, which we all do, lots of them are coming in and most of them we probably ignore. You're receiving the marketing email, you're receiving the spam, and sometimes you'll be receiving inquiries that you'll decide to respond to. And what I've realized is that there are certain things that you want to include that make it so that when you receive that email, you actually are inspired to click on it, open it, and actually respond to it, especially if you're reaching out to influential people. If you think you're getting a lot of emails, imagine being in the shoes of somebody who's got millions of followers, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, or whatever that metric may be to show how many people are reaching out to them already. It's completely crazy. So one thing you have to realize, the reason it's a three-part system is that one email is not enough. There's so many times I'm even receiving emails from people that want me to come on their show or they want to pitch me one of their guests to come on my podcast and they'll send me one email and quite frankly, I'll ignore most of the time the first email, which is why it's a three-part system, not a one-part email because anybody can grab a list of famous people, send out a generic email to all of them and you're probably going to get the kind of response you expect. None to maybe one, but even so, I'd be surprised if you do. So what you want to do is craft at least three engagement points because once you actually start replying to the first email you said to and checking in and then actually doing a last call, which is part of the three-part system, people are going to see that you're putting in some extra effort than most people out there. And the best part is you can actually automate most of this. So in the first email that you send out to people, first off is if you're individually reaching out to somebody as opposed to using a third party like an agency being represented, Already, if you are yourself reaching out to another person directly, you're going to get much better responses than being someone who's representing a client. Because example, I get so many people from agencies pitching me their guests to come on my shows. If I don't know who they are and I don't know who the guests they're pitching, I'm just not going to respond to it. And they all come in in a generic matter of fact, most of them go directly to my spam now because they just get really annoying with it. So if you're an individual that sounds like a human's reaches out like a human, Already, this makes a huge difference. But I would also be very clear right from the subject line about what you're doing. And in the first paragraphs, you're going to talk about exactly what your request is. Talk about facts, direct to the point, and you can actually add the context inside that email only after you've made your request. So headline, speak about exactly what you're asking. Are you inviting somebody to be a guest on your show? Are you asking somebody to consider your software? Are you trying to get a client to start working with you? Whatever there's that email, the subject line should be very clear on what this is about and they'll be able to actually decide if this is something they want to look into. Nothing fancy, nothing crazy. There's a lot of stuff you could do to optimize that, but I'm just saying get to the point. Same way that you're doing a YouTube video. Have you ever been to those YouTube channels where they have an exciting, crazy headline that makes a big promise and then you get into the video and it has nothing to do with what the headline was? It's completely off, completely different and doesn't make up on the promise that it made in the headline. Think about that when you're reading your own subject line while writing out an email. So 
The headline just asks very clearly and plainly and humanly says, what do you want? In the first paragraph, you say hello, and you can reiterate exactly what your ask is. Start with the ask right from the front. When I reach out to guests to be on my podcast, the first thing I say is, hi, person. Uh, I'm sending an invitation to bring X person on my podcast. There. It's said don't need to beat around the bush. The person has three seconds to decide, are they going to archive this email or read more? They first just want to know what is this about? So then they can decide, all right, in the next line, what are you going to tell me? You're going to tell me why is it that I should consider being on your podcast? And that's where you want to put exactly the statistics already. And in this case, there's usually two in this example, which is how many downloads I've got, who else has been on the show, social proof and numbers. So whatever it is your request, you're going to want to add something right after you mention what it is you're asking for that makes it so that it's worth your attention. Say you're a coach or you're selling consulting services. This is where you'd probably want to follow up with just saying, who have you done work with before? And that is bringing some results. So I could say, hi, John, I'm Jason, and I'm looking to offer you some personal coaching services. I've already worked with XYZ, or I've already worked with over 20 different clients and brought in some incredible results, and I think I could do the same for you. Whatever you put there, social proof, number, something that makes them go, okay, maybe they're worth my time. Because that's what they're asking themselves all the time. Then you want to add a little paragraph that's going to give you a little more context as to why you care about having them specifically become your client. This is when you want to put your attention on them. In my outreaches, when it comes to podcasts, I'm always taking a few paragraphs to explain why I think they're the perfect guest for my show. So I'll always add things around, I've read your book, if this is the case. I've been following your channel. I've been following you on Instagram. I've been recommended to you by XYZ. Whatever it is, the context that makes it so that I'm reaching out to them specifically, not generically, will make one of the biggest differences in your outreach, okay? So add that paragraph. And then everything after that, you're going to have a call to action and everything else will be additional information. I push that at the bottom. So email goes like this. Hi, my name's Jason. I'd like to invite you to be a guest on my podcast. I've had Brian Tracy. I'd had Dan Goldman and I've had Vanessa Van Edwards over 2 million downloads. And I'd love for you to be a guest on the show as well. I've noticed that you have an incredible community when it comes to productivity. And I know that this kind of topic will be very relevant for my audience as they're looking to learn to be more productive too. I'd love to book a call. It's about 60 minutes. Are you interested? That's the bulk of the email. To the point, snappy. And I say, if you're looking for information, you can find it below. And then I put all of the data, all the information, the links, even if I want to attach a PDF, it would all be below and outside of the email. For the rare amount of people that do want to go through a lot of data, you make it available for them. But most people want to make a quick decision. And this quick format on the first email is really powerful to at least put yourself forward, doing it the right way and getting somebody go, maybe this is worth my time. But as I mentioned at the beginning, it's not enough. See, one email like that is great, but you need to follow up. And this is interesting because just like on telephone calls, just like sending emails, we have such a hesitancy when it comes to following up because we think, oh my God, they're going to think, wow, this person sent this other email like three days ago. Chill out. Give me a time to respond. And you have to realize that when you're reaching out to people, you're not that important in their list of priorities. And it's okay to send a follow-up because they're not just stop everything. I received a follow-up. Let's analyze exactly everything. No, nobody's thinking about your email as much as you're thinking about your email. And you do need to do a follow-up because we get busy. And sometimes that thing that we read, we're like, oh, this sounds interesting, can slip through. And you want to make sure that you're giving at least a nudge to show that you care and that they are important to you. Because if someone's important to you, you follow up. If you have dinners with friends and they're coming over and you send out an invitation, they don't respond, but you really want them to be there. Do you remind them? Do you call them? 
Of course. And the same should be done if there's somebody important you want to connect with. So send the first follow-up and it doesn't need to be complicated. My second follow-up just goes, hey, I know you're busy. Just making sure this caught your attention. If you had any questions, get back to me, but I'd look forward to having a conversation with you. That standardized bump up is a very powerful way, especially if you can respond to the first email in the reply. So you send the email and then it threads it, right? So in Gmail and all these tools, if you take an email, you send it and there's no reply, you can reply to that same email, send it to the same person, just say, hey, just bumping this up and they will see the old email attached to it. And that's why the second part of the system is super easy. You just wanna bump it up so it gets back to their attention. And then the third part, is just doing a last call. The last call is very, very powerful. And majority of the responses usually come when you actually take away an opportunity from someone. And this is interesting because in every product launch that I've done and in a lot of the times when we even look at our own behavior, we usually go on the last day of a sale to actually make the purchase, at least 50% of the time. And so when you send the third part of this email is you've sent the initial well-crafted email. You've bumped it up very quickly. And on the third part, you say, hey, just reaching out one more time. If this isn't of interest to you, I totally understand. Thank you for your time. But I really need a response because I'll be moving on to something else. This is the last follow-up that I'll do. And if you have a three-part system like this, then you keep it very tight. You show that you've cared and you've done at least three touch point where most of the people by the third one will say, oh yes, what's a link to book? Oh yeah, let's have a conversation. And that's where a lot of the stuff comes in. Now I explain this in a three-part system because it's the simplest way that you can at least expand beyond a single email outreach. By doing at least three, you get to have at least a lot more touch point and a lot more success in the process. If you wanna make it longer, by all means, I highly suggest it. Four emails, if you wanna add more bump ups and extend this sequence, you can do that. But if you're trying to move quick and you want the minimum, three, I would suggest, is the minimum that you wanna walk away with. Now, if you're thinking, my God, this sounds like a lot of effort, do I have to keep track of every single email that I send? If you're just getting started, I wouldn't be against recommending that. See, when we learn mathematics, we don't get even a calculator immediately because we get overwhelmed and we start wondering, what's this multiplication? I haven't even figured out the additions, subtractions. And so doing this manually at first can give you a chance to really put in the reps and start optimizing your emails and really feeling the energy exchange through every follow-up that you make. But yes, there are tools that automate this. Just going with some of the basic packages from HubSpot's sales platform allows you to have automatic pre-responded emails that go out immediately when you schedule them if nobody replies. And these can all be set in advance and you click the button once and all the emails go out if they don't reply. And so tools exist to do that. I believe reply.io is another platform that does the same. So if you need a solution to automate your work, it definitely does exist out there. But do not skip the manual steps so that you can learn to appreciate the process and bring in the results. So that's the three-step system. You send the first email. Subject line is all about what you're actually going to be talking about. Quick invitation and clear in the first line. Add some social proof with numbers or testimonials. Add a quick blurb as to why they're important and why you're reaching out to them specifically. Call to action, additional information. A couple days later, three would be an ideal. Send a bump up saying, hey, if you haven't seen my last email, just bumping this up, see if we can make something work. And then a last call that just puts on a bit of the scarcity about something being taken away saying, it's the last time I'll reach out, we'll be booked up, I won't be taking any more clients. Whatever it is, the reason that you would be following up for a last time, make it clear, and then you see how many more responses you get. But I also promised that I'd give you an additional parameter on how I evaluate guests to come on my show. 
and how I decide which shows I want to be on. And it's the BPC process, the big pro cool. And this is something to think about on how you're designing your business and how you're showing up and which of these elements are missing that might be the reason you're not getting replies. Big pro cool, BPC. How big are you? How professional are you? And how cool you are. The big is the social proof numbers. How many followers do you have? Subscribers do you have? And let's be clear. Your number of followers shouldn't necessarily represent your level of expertise. But if you've anybody who's done anything that provides significant amount of value, there's usually going to be a social indication of what you've done being shown to the world that could allow us to shortcut the decision-making process to know if you've actually refined your craft, put in the time and the effort. I find it interesting on algorithms like YouTube is they'll wait for you posting at least two years before they start really ranking up your videos because sometimes they just want to see how consistent you're going to be in the way that you show up and what level of effort are you putting into the platform. And so if you are finding yourself having no social presence, no way that people, if they Google your name, can find you, it's very hard for us to assume how big you are. And very often we need to make shortcuts on all the decisions we make in a day. So one of the things you might start thinking about is how can I be doing something that's so significant, so unique, so notable that I will naturally attract a tribe that will look for me, that will organize, follow, and then you can actually do things on your side to ensure that that is being shown as social indicators of how big and how much you're putting this business as a priority. Yeah, I can talk about the Instagram followers, which we all do have a bias for, but anyone who's doing something crazy usually will have that number of fans following them because people want to pay attention to people that have a valid method of providing value. Yeah, there's fake stuff out there, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you need to show that you have the real meat behind whatever it is that you provide as a service. The pro is any kind of accreditation, any kind of social proof, testimonials, things that show that you are the real deal. And so if you have a ton of case studies, you have programs designed, when people go to a website of yours, do they see that there's a professional that's on the other side that's worth their time and is worth speaking to? Super important for that social proof. And the cool aspect is if people have a chance to see you on videos, they have a chance to see you being interviewed, maybe they have a chance to see you just producing your own content, maybe writing articles, they get to have a sense of what you value and who you are, and they can decide if there's somebody you want to associate yourself with. It's by no surprise that I love doing this podcast because I get a chance for people to see who I am, how I behave, what are my values. I share a lot of this openly on the podcast. And that's why when business owners wants me to come in, do audits of their sales processes or help with their management, then they have already a good sense of who I am, what I stand for and how I work. And so as I continue to do this cadence, I get to have more and more responses from people because they'll keep going into my socials and see how many subscribers do I have? How many views do I have? How many downloads do I have for the podcast to give them an indication if I'm worth their time? They'll look at the professionalism. If they search my name, or are they going to see other platforms that have featured me? And then they'll be able to see, well, do they vibe with me or not? And it helps them make a decision. And I'm hoping that when you look at this, you can understand that if you're not getting a reply, perhaps we need to do a self-assessment on how we're showing up on the BPC chart and find ways that we can improve just a little bit. And it is a long journey. We're on this path, not for a month, not for a year, but for much more than that. And so every step you take gets you one step closer. And I'm hoping the three-part system is going to help you get there even more effectively, connecting with influential people, one outreach at a time. And of course, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.